Kia ora New Zealand, welcome to Sweet Chain Live. This is episode 27, and for the first time, I'm delighted to say, uh, welcome to my co-host, Brady Cush. Hey Matt, how you doing? Hey, so um, you're coming to us live tonight from um, the Wild Kiwi, which is a, a distillery up in Upper Hutt, correct? Yep, yeah, in, in so Brewtown. I'm here in Brewtown. Um, yeah, they've been a big supporter of uh, Greater Wellington Disc Golf, whether it's the Middle Earth Open or, yeah, you know, like there's a putting competition tonight in concert with Disc Shop. So, yeah, I'm here live on location. Unfortunately, it's a little bit too loud. It's a little bit raucous inside the distillery itself. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, like I've, I've stepped outside um, so that I can hear everybody. Good stuff. Well, we appreciate you coming and joining and and, and hosting the show um, from uh, whilst whilst you're at an event. Also, I'd like to welcome anybody who's listening to this on Spotify. That's right. So this episode and all the future ones, including and last week's, um, are available on Spotify. So you can listen to it whenever it suits you. Um, so I'll attempt to get the episodes up on a Thursday night shortly after the show. So uh, that means that on your commute to work on a Friday or Maybe you're at the gym on a Friday night. I don't know what you're doing there, but um, you can uh, consume um, your podcasts um, and uh, hopefully Sweet Chain Live will be one of them. So uh, so find that on Spotify or wherever you consume your podcasts from, Google Podcasts and a bunch of other ones. So, um, so look out for that. Uh, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to go through the hot scores very shortly. Uh, then we'll be talking to uh, Tucker Beach uh, champ uh, Levi Stout, um, which you, I'm sure you will have seen the, the, the scores and what happened last weekend uh, with Levi. He'll be joining us for a bit of a chat, Desert Island Disc Golf. Um, and then we're going to be talking to Brady about course design. Um, which is a subject very close to his heart, I know. Another subject very close to his heart is rules, and, uh, and he will be sharing uh, one or two unknown rules um, with, with Brady as well. Also talk about some upcoming events that are, that are coming up, up and down the country um, this weekend and further on. Um, so first up, uh, let's go to hot scores. So um, starting down south in Invercargill, uh, it's Trent Hogg and Ethan Stout who hit the uh, hottest rounds uh, of uh, Invercargill this week with a 12 under par. Uh, Dunedin, Dunedin was dominated by Harry Fraser who hit seven down. And at Queenstown Gardens is a three-way tie between Adam Rhymes, Bryce Hare and Luke Bell who all shot eight under par. And a shout out um, also to uh, Morgan Hartfelt, who uh, hit 12 under par at Struggle Street, um, which Whoa. is uh, one shot off the course record. So uh, Chris Dixon's course record. So very well done to him. Um, Ely Point, uh, Cooper Solis and Kyle Martin hit four down. Um, and at Wanaka in Lis at Lismore in Wanaka, sorry, Ryan Cambridge um, hits 12 under par. Uh, Willie Tratton has been training for the Fro Pink event this weekend at Jelly Park and shoots a hot round with 12 under par. And Ashton Clark at Queen's Park Reserve hits six down. Uh, Jasper Vandermeer hits four down at Brooker Ave. And moving north, it's Team Sweet James, Brett Carlisle and Young Ha who take out the honours at Berenpore with a six under par. Very well done to them. Um, up Ooh. at Hikoikoi, Dion Rawadi uh, hits four under par. And up at Harcourt, it's Mitch Hudson um, from Upper Hutt who hits uh, five under uh, another regular absolutely ready for fault line yeah it's uh that's a that's a hot score and if you can carry that into the end of next month that'll be uh they'll be making some moves um joel simpson at uh, link later does the business with four under par and conor mckinstry hits three under par at inglewood um this week as well for for the hot score 
Um, newly to Wellington, Dylan Rapphorst hits uh, four under at Spa Park in Topor, so well done to him. And up in Todonga, um, Lucas hits an even round, uh, very competitive, and another competitive round at Woodhill Red Tees. Les Watine hits six under par, so well done to him. Now, the uh, recent tour, tour event, which uh, happened weekend just gone, um, was the Tucker Beach Rush. Um, now, you've undoubtedly seen the results, consumed them all. Um, I'm just going to uh, pop the pop the results up on the screen for us, Brady. Oh, didn't mean to get rid of you there. Um, so uh, in the open division, uh, it was in a tie for four place was David Keane and Ryan Cambridge, uh, Ashton Clark in third, Conor McKinstry in second, and Mikey Yu takes out the MPO division. Um, looking down at FPO, um, Amy Whitmore in second place and Hayley Flintoff. Um, winning by by some margin in in FPO, but as you scroll all the way down, the lowest number on this screen belongs to our guest tonight. Uh, Levi Stout took out um, the hot score of the weekend and the hot score um, for the round, uh, which was a ten twenty unofficially rated uh, seventy one um, um, to uh, to to beat people who are three four times his age, um, maybe not four times his age. Um, but and at least anyway. Um, so uh, I'd like to at this point um, bring Levi um, in and um, welcome Levi. Kira. Let's get let's sort ourselves out. There we are. Lovely stuff. Excellent. So thirty under par at um, at Tucker Beach. How was how was that for you? Uh, I'm still trying to process it. If I'm being honest. I, I still don't know what happened. Everything just connected out there. Um, I had two weeks off of holidays, so of course it was just field work, putting, you know, getting in the getting in the work to try get myself up there and it worked, I guess. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So look, um Tucker Beach was a was a great performance and you, you became the youngest um player to win a New Zealand disc golf tour event. Um, and you see, you turned fifteen last month. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Um, so incredible. And and Tuckerbeach seems to bring this out because I think it was Ben Wheelake you got the the record off, and he also got his record at Tuckerbeach. So uh, that's I think that's uh, it's interesting. Maybe it's that course that that brings out the best in the young players. Um, I'd, I'd like to know, we've got a few questions for you tonight and uh, we'll talk a little bit about, after we've done the question, about that wall behind you because uh, I've got to, I'm getting a little bit jealous now and I might need to up my game. So, um, But we'll go through those in a second. Um, but talk us through um, how you got into disc golf. Um, because you, you're very young, so I won't have been playing it for sort of tens and fifteens of years, but how did you get into it? I uh, must have been about five, six years ago, maybe. Oh, I don't know if it was that long. A while ago, we were up in, we were staying in Manapuri at a holiday house and we went through to Tiana one day and the mother, Nicola, she was, she, you know, found some catch frisbees and she's like, oh, there's this thing, you know, called frisbee golf. Let's have a go. <laughs> and of course, we headed down to the local course, had nine holes and of course, older brother Ethan beat me and then dad beat us both. So we're not exactly happy with that so we had to go out and you know keep getting at it try to beat them so it just became something that we slowly got better at and then you know got a starter set and things like that 
and now we have way too many discs and we think about it too much <laughs> well as a as, as as someone who also has a lot of discs i don't think you can have too many discs uh, let me say so um so yeah very good very good um how how would you say because you just you you mentioned how um you didn't like it that your dad was beating you and Ethan is is that something that has kind of spurred you on is it is it is it useful having an older brother who's also touring who's kind of um always challenging you yeah it it definitely is but it's also a bit of a pain um, <laughs> you know. Ooh, look at me, I beat you at this one, Levi. And then <laughs> that, I always come back and get him back after he gets me. And I don't know. I, I just don't like losing, I guess. Yeah, look, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good mindset to have, really good mindset to have. And moving from the mindset to the kind of physical practice, what what is your, and you mentioned it briefly um, when you're on um, the holidays on the lead up to Tucker Beach, what does your training um, kind of regimen look like on a, on a, on a, on a normal week, say? What, what would you, how would you train? During the holidays or just during school time or what? Well, you, you obviously, you probably do more during the holidays, but during, during school time, what's, uh, what's, what would you say is, is your normal kind of routine of, of practice? I I try to get out, you know, maybe three times a week to the course, but a lot of days I'll, you know, just go to the garage and putt for twenty minutes and we got a we got a wee little set up in the garage with a net that we can throw into. Mm-hmm. Um it mostly just consists of if I'm preparing for a tournament I'll do a lot more field work and I don't know, I just enjoy it so I go and do it most days. That I can. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, excellent. Um, well, and so, what would you like say? Uh, some... being... No, go on, Brady. Sorry. No, Matt, go ahead. Um, what would you say are some of your um, long-term goals? You've 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 won a uh, tour event now. What's what's kind of the next step and and, and the future? Uh the yeah. Next goal would have to be probably in terms of rating. I'm just trying to boost my rating, play with, play better and better. And my goal, I know my brother Ethan's is a bit different. My goal is to be a thousand rated by the end of next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently 974, so it's still a, still a wee way to go. But that's something that I'm striving towards. And of course, the other one is to win all the tournaments I can, but more importantly, I want to try to get a major under my belt on the tour. Yeah, very good. Very good. Excellent. Sorry, Brady. So what's it like, Levi, being being 16 and being on tour? You know, like, what's it like competing against people twice your age? Uh, it's, it's good. It's it's quite fun, actually, getting getting a good and proper ribbing from a few some uh, from a few people, you know, oh, come on, come play open and things like that. But it's it's kind of good to have that because I get a lot of that, but it also just makes me want to you know, work harder and get better and better and better. And, I mean, I presume that, you know, you keep up to date with Pro Tour and, like, what's going on overseas. Are there things that you see for, like, juniors or amateurs overseas you want to see in New Zealand? Like, what do you wish New Zealand had more of for you as a player? 
Uh, I, one of the biggest things is, like, I found it this week. I was, um, you know, just come off for a tour, and, and the next day I wanted to go out and putt. And I'm like, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. But I don't have anything coming up. Like, the next tournament's probably in about two months. So I think just something that's be, that would be great is just more tournaments and more courses because I think at the moment we're having some growing pains in New Zealand and we just uh, don't have enough courses and tournaments, but that's, yeah, that's something that will come with time. And now to, to throw you a little bit of curveball, because uh, you talk about courses overseas. So if you were to be a caddy, you don't get to play. You can caddy for anyone you want at any tournament. What player do you choose, and what tournament are you caddying for them? Um, I'd have to go someone like, I'd probably go Simon Lazart just because he's the man. And I'd have to go on a course like, um, probably something like Fox Run Meadows, where they hold Green Mountain Championships. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my favorite courses in the world, just from what I've seen. And just watching Simon throw a million miles would be fun. Um, I can admit, having played that course, it is an amazing course. And yes, catting for Simon, I bet, would be incredible on that course. Good stuff. Now, Good Matt, stuff. do we have some so, Desert Island disc golf questions for him? Yeah, we we do. We do. So, um, so Levi, you've probably seen uh, Desert Island disc golf um, before uh, the premise is that you're stranded on a desert island um, and uh, you um, you have three discs with you um, and three card mates. So um, take us through what are your three discs? Uh, so first of all, um, got to go with the putter. Got to go with this. This is a just a glow toy. I think it's a first run. It's really flat. This is just, ah, oh, it's just my favorite throwing putter ever. I can just you know, throw it on a touch of hyzer and it'll pop up to flat and get a really slow turnover. Or I can get, you know, hyzer flips up through tunnel shots and I can just make it fly however I want. So, you know, my local course, Queen's Park, I throw this on most of the holes just because it's just, you know, it does everything that I want it to. And it's very consistent. And you've got it in the in the glow plastic. You prefer that plastic over the atomic or the cosmic? Uh, this, I found that this, I like the stability just because it's got a bit of flip and not too much flip. And also, this is a quite a stiff run. Oh, yeah. And the flatness, which just makes it for me feel a lot better than most of the other runs of Tui that I've thrown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What's your mid range? Is it next? Yeah, next I got the, this is a Strata Kotuku. This thing is not exactly round as it should be because it's seen a few too many trees. <laughs> I've just, this is just perfectly beaten at the moment. I can just throw up flat and it'll just go on a laser line dead straight the whole way. Again, just perfect for those nice tunnel shots. And this Strata plastic, when they beat up, they just get a little bit extra pop out of the hand this will go you know five ten meters further than my other plastic kotukus that i've thrown mm-hmm. 
I don't know if you've if you've had that one a long time, but do you suspect that given in time it will flip too much and you'll need to kind of keep replacing them? I think yes, in time it will be done. I've had this probably I got this pretty soon after the Kotuku was released. But this plastic, yeah, I think give it a few more months and this will be a nice hyzer flip to slight turnover. Something just a bit more stable than my Pewoks. But it's still a very torque resistant mold, no matter how beat I, how no matter how beaten it gets, I can still rip on this and it will just go straight. Good stuff. And what are you driving with? I have the this is a spin dyed Kahu XG. Um, funny story, I had my own XG and of course must have been about two weeks before Tucker's I threw it into a river at a normal pass and gore. So <laughs> I, I you know, groveled to Ethan to give me one of his and he gave me a spin dyed one. Um, this is just what I was throwing on all the big open holes at Tucker's like I can just hyzer flip this to flat and know that it's going to come back every time and if I give it a bit put it out a bit more flat it's just going to get a nice S and just go really far mm -hmm. fantastic fantastic so those are your free discs who are your free card mates um first of all I've got to go with uh Jacko Sullivan from RPM. Um, mm -hmm. Been a fan of Jacko for a while and I've played with him in a few tournaments. So I just love seeing him play. He putts with toys like me. Um, it would be great to have a round with him. Mm -hmm. And then my second player that I play with, I'm going to go with, got to go with five time Macbeth. Yep. He's uh, yeah. just incredible. I just love to play with him. He's one of the best backhand, forehand putters in the world, everything. Mm -hmm. And I think there'll be some great lessons to be learned playing with him just to improve as a player. Oh, totally. And then the last player that I'd take would be Simon Lazop. Um, yep. Partially because he's a really good player, but partially just because he throws further than everyone else and <laughs> has crazy trick shots all the time, which I like. Uh, good stuff. And you probably need them on a desert island as well, I can imagine, given the uh, likely course layout. So <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So um, now we've got our um, our quick fire round now. And after the quick fire round, we'll just we'll very quickly come to some of those discs behind you. Um, but the, so the first first nine of the family friendly uh, beginner nine, everybody gets the same questions there. Um, and the second nine is a safari nine. Um, so everybody gets different questions there and take the format of this or that. And it's quick fire. So it'll be as and you can answering the questions. Are you ready? Yes. Excellent. What is your name? Levi. Where were you born? Uh, Tauranga. Where do you live now? Invercargill. What's your PDGA number? 118179. How many is how many years have you been playing? About four. Uh, favorite disc? Uh, Glotoy. Favorite course? Uh, Tucker's Beach. Favourite MPO player? Paul McGreth. Favourite FPO player? Kristen Tatar. Superb. Right, here we go. So, um, nine questions, this or that. Here we are, ready. 
Uh, question number one. Fish or chips? Chips. Left hand or right hand? Right hand. Oldest or youngest? Youngest. Shorts and jandals or wet weather gear? Shorts and jandals. Putting or field work? Uh, putting. Tui or Ruru? Tui. Kahu or Kahu XG? XG. Atomic or Cosmic? Cosmic. Feezy or Sullivan? Sullivan. Excellent. Lovely. So thank you very much for those. Uh, very good. Got a little bit of insight into you there. Superb. Um, let's get a little bit more insight. Talk us through some of the discs that are in uh, uh, on the wall behind you there. Can you can you pick out any highlights for us? Oh, we'll start with, start with this row here. Um, this so, is probably... So any, anybody listening to this, you may want to switch over to YouTube now um, to be able to see what's going on. Um, so, first here, this is not actually mine. This is Ethan's. This uh, was sent to Ethan for his 21st just last month. Oh, this month, actually. Oh, look at by that. Jacko and Simon from RPM. This has been signed by heaps of the top pros. I think this was Everyone. signed by Worlds. I believe there's about 16 of these. Mm. I've got, you, you know, got quite a few names there, right? You can see Katrina Allen, Emma, uh, Eric McCabe, Nico LaCastro. There's quite a few on there. Good stuff. That, Good stuff. That's quite special. Um, next one that we got. This is the CTP disc from the Heislander last year. This um, funny story, I was on the second card. It was tea times, and Kyle from Tower Discs had made the CTP hole one. So as as I as I decided to do, I stepped up to the tee. You know, quite a few people were watching, so I wanted to see a few of the first tees. And I just picked up a roo, threw it straight at the pin, and I actually managed to put it like under the basket because it was on the stand. So that's a, and that was at nationals as well. So that's been quite a special CTP disc for Absolutely. me. Um, that's great, and the work the work that Kyle does at Tower Discs, they're some some really nice stuff. I've got a, I've got one of his, and they, they're lovely. Speaker watch. This is uh, from Kyle. Um, and because of this, I got a CTP at nationals and it meant that every nationals that I've attended, I, um, <coughs> on the CTP. So I got this, so I went Heislander 2020 and I got this CTP at paradise this year. So this is quite a cool disc. You won't be able to see it now, but when you turn the lights off, that moon sort of shines through cause it's a low oh, place. Good stuff. Oh, that looks and lovely. Ideal. What else you got? This one was just a special stamp run that was mm -hmm. done quite recently. This was for Ethan's 21st birthday. <laughs> Very good. One in 2021. So mm -hmm. we, we had a few of these made for him and we played a wee little tournament, uh, which was some good fun. So that's not, not too much going on there. Good stuff. Uh, and you, what, you've got what looks to be about two grand's worth of uh, Firebirds in that in that middle row there as well. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> if you look top row, we've got 
four time and five time Macbeth discs, and then we got Firebirds, uh, Tour Series disc, Craft discs, and some Cloud Breakers. But the two that I want to highlight are these two. Um, Ethan and I have started our own tradition. This is a Lords of Lismore disc mm-hmm. that came in the players pack, and that right there is Ethan's signature. Okay, as he happened <laughs> to win that tournament. So this is one of this is the disc that Ethan insisted on signing for himself, and I kind of like that idea, so. I copied them, and this is um, hey. the lighting. This is a rough disc, and I'll put a signature there. Just sign that. that. So that's just something to remember. First wins on the tour. Excellent, excellent, and the first win um, of many, I'm sure, um, as uh, as we um, will watch how um, you get on. Um, for the rest of this year and um, and and going into next, and hopefully we'll see that um, that that rating climb to where you want it to be. And I'm sure that that major won't be too far away as well. And I'll I'll see you at North Island Champs actually, so I'll, I shall be following your progress very closely there. Um, Levi, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as I said, very best of luck, and uh, and and we'll see you we'll see you very soon. Thank you for having me. Yep, congratulations, Levi. Okay, see you later. See ya. Excellent. Um, Brady, great to, great to see such um, such great talent and at such a young age um, coming through. I mean, that, I mean, if you, if you look back at, um, at, at some of the top pros now and the, the kind of ratings they have when they were um, Levi's age, there's, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of comparisons there. So look, we're really excited to see how, how Levi progresses um, over the next few years and uh, very best of luck to him. Yeah, I mean, like so, I, I hadn't touched a disc by his age and he's already winning tournaments at 16. Um, you know, like good on him. You know, like the future of our sport is bright if, you know, we're getting, you have RPM and um, I think he's a team, he's probably Disc Golf South. Um, so, you know, like, it's really good to see mm. the, like, movers and shakers around the country getting behind the youth of the sport. Totally, totally. Um, so, you've got a couple of things for us this week that you wanted to go through. What have you got for us? Um, yeah, so one of the big things um, that I kind of want to discuss, especially after the change. So, in international news this week, um, the disc golf Great Lakes Open, the Discraft Great Lakes Open just finished. Um, and congratulations to Eagle McMahon, um, defending mm-hmm. champion with the same outside the circle putt on 18 to win. Um, was incredible to see. It's a really great battle. Um, it was really funny. Uh, they talked about Kyle Klein, you know, like won the, the U.S. Amateur Championship there two years ago in 2019. I was at that tournament um, watching him win that event. Um, so, you know, like it's really great to see his progress over those two years. Um, but what I kind of wanted to highlight in international news is is course design. And so mm-hmm. um, disc golf, uh, the D-Glow is a great example of like the course just got changed. Um, you know, like in that the, it brought in a little bit more woods golf. You know, like typically it's known for its wind. It's known for its distance and its elevation. Um, you know, like but it started to yeah. bring in a bit more woods golf, you know, like in just. Um, you know, like last week we were talking about the world championship, you know, like in James Conrad and the shot scene around the world. And those two juxtapositioned 
courses in Utah, the idea of like playing on the open golf course with lots of distance versus playing at the fort and playing in the woods. Um, mm -hmm. We're about to see a very unique course coming up this week. Um, so shout out to Kale LaVisca and Airborne Disc Golf and what he's achieved at the Preserve in Minnesota. Um, mm -hmm. So the Preserve in Minnesota, as far as I know, has no out of bounds. Um, everything is, is natural. So like if you're yep. off the fairway, besides, I think water, water is the only out of bounds on the course. Um, other than that, it's just rough. It's just natural rough and bushes and trees. And so, you know, like uh, Nico LaCastro won the event last year, you know, like it was his first event and his first win with West Side Discs. And mm -hmm. so, but with all the natural OB, scores are super low. People were throwing like 14, 15 down, you know, like typically you weren't making lead card if you weren't in the double digits compared to, at the disc, like at Deglo, people had just barely broken like 10 down, 11 down, you know, like they were kind of mm -hmm. birdieing every other hole. So as much as it was a scorable course, it was also, I would argue, kind of fair. Um, being a, a Kiwi disc golfer and a Kiwi amateur player, like what do you think about these these courses in the States, Matt? Um, <clears throat> so what, personally, I, I like to watch a course that doesn't have the artificial OB in it. Um, my my view is that um, I, I think disc golf is a is, is a great sport to go out and play in the outdoors, and I don't really want to see like um, artificial OB too much. I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's uh, I, I prefer tournaments without it. Um, whether that's um, you know with the exception of perhaps sort of safety reasons or whatever they might need to they might need to add it in. But um, so certainly the courses that have the more kind of natural look, and if you can make OB out of the natural features of the, of the, of the ground and the land you're in. I think that's got to be the goal. Um, yeah. Um, I, I would definitely agree. Um, I'm interested to see if the what changes are made to the preserve this year. Um, as far as I know, players who've already descended on Minnesota are saying it's, uh, it's playing even better than last year, um, mm -hmm. minus the 1,500-foot par 5. Um, so that's what a 500 meter par five. So you have to be averaging like 120 meters in order to get a birdie on the hole. Um, mm. So, you know, like there's definitely daunting holes out there, but it'll be interesting to see it play, um, especially after D-Glow, um, you know, like Paul McBeth, <clears throat> Calvin Heinberg, like where were you? You know, like besides Eagle, it was a lot of young blood, you know, like Kyle mm -hmm. Klein's from Michigan. There was a local Discraft player, Corey Ellis, who was up the top. You had Kevin Jones um, making an appearance. You know, like he's made lots of lead cards. Um, so I definitely think that uh, disc golf is moving kind of in that direction of we need to challenge distance. But I definitely mm -hmm. think there are people out there. The Preserve is a great example. D-Glow is a great example of woods golf isn't going anywhere. And so, you know, like we're not going to just get all of these ball golf courses, you know, like Worlds was played on two opposite courses. <clears throat> Even Levi said it himself. He'd love to caddy for Simon Lazat in Vermont in the woods, you know, like out in the fields. And so mm. I definitely think that disc golf is here to stay. The, the natural ability is here to stay. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what the disc golf pro tour does with the preserve this year. And I'd love yeah. to see that grow. To be fair, it'd be really interesting to see a worlds at the preserve. I know that there's currently, I think they just finished their fourth course. Um, 
for those of you who are not familiar, please watch the preserve that's coming up this weekend. Um, you'll be able to follow it on UDISC, and I know that Jomez and everyone will be covering it. Um, there, mm-hmm. Like Matt and I have, have discussed, there's heaps of, of natural out-of-bounds. There's not a lot of artificial ones. Um, and from everything I've seen, um, it must play amazing. It's definitely on my bucket list of courses that I want to go play. Um, I would mm-hmm. love um, on you know like one of my next trips to the States to, to head to Minnesota and to play both the preserve and also i know kale is behind blue ribbons pines um which has been in the top 10 courses in the world for quite some years now yeah so look i'm i i'm, I'm forgive me I'd, I'd like to just bring bring us to back to new zealand for a for, for a second because i and i haven't played a huge whole heap of courses or a whole heap of tournaments you're you're far more experienced on this and maybe maybe you've got a, a better insight we don't I, I haven't seen too many tournaments with too much artificial ob we I, I don't know the ones i've played in use the natural um features features well personally i prefer a kind of wooded golf kind of kind of game um i think per, just because i can't throw very far so I, I prefer to play in the woods um and so something like hardcore park where really you don't need to be able to throw very far um in order to do well there but it will still kick your ass if you if, if you're not careful um that's that's a, the kind of course that i like What's your experience on the New Zealand tour about artificial OB? Have, have you have you come across too much? Um, not really. It's only starting to filter in now. Um, there's a lot of Tomura Nui is probably a great example um, that you know, like they use a lot of like sheep fences for OB that you have to stay inside the property on the polo grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, like, but it's pretty fair. It's kind of similar to like a USDGC, um, the Lost Tribe up there. So Blair joins in. Um, and Pete Boyle do a really good job about, you know, kind of how can we kind of handicap, how can we slow down those big players, those open players, and, you know, like let these kind of yeah. the older players, the players who don't have as big an arm kind of like catch up. And so I've seen it used in that sense. Um, Torong is another great example. There's a lot of kind of natural OB of if you get off the fairway up at the extreme, um, which is a tournament mm-hmm. coming up in September, uh, you don't want to be there anyway. Um, you know, and so it's a, a lot of the times it's more for safety. Um, New Zealand's pretty rugged in our courses, you know, like it's not nearly the spaces we're playing in are not nearly as flat as what you get in the States. Um, they're not as well kept as you get in the States. Um, you know, like I come from New England where it's a lot of private courses that are like well-maintained and the scrub underneath is, is kept and cut back, um, compared to in New Zealand, you're kind of lucky, um, if you, if you get that. And so a lot of the times you're right, you know, like you might not have a run-up in New Zealand. You might not, uh, like, have good footing in New Zealand. You know, like, if you're in the fairway, you might be okay. If you're in the fairway in some places, you might not be okay. I'm interested to see mm. um, the state of Bethel's Beach, um, which hosted nationals a few years ago, is going to be part of the North Island Champs. Um, you know, like, that's a big, rugged track. Um, you know, like, there'll be a little <clears> bit of OB when it comes to fence lines, um, but a lot of that comes down to, uh, you know, like, how's the fairway going to be you know like a lot it's there are courses in new zealand that it's sheep and cattle that are keep you know that are your lawnmowers you know like they're not on these pristine ball golf (laughs) courses and disc golf courses you're seeing on the pro tour in the states Mm. yeah and uh, i mean it was a kind of a a bit of a shock to me when i played inglewood last year and uh and at north island champs and uh it was it was it was so open, um, and this was when Baron Paul was quite young. Still, it was uh, it not been not been in the ground for very long, so I'd not had too much practice on it. So, um, yeah, I mean, let, let let's see. I, I think I think it's an interesting one. Personally, I prefer the wooded the wooded holes. 
where the kind of natural I mean, where you don't really need OB because if you hit a tree and you're going wide, then you're going to be taking hundreds of shots anyway. You don't need the OB to kind of punish your bad shots. So um, I think that that's uh, that's that's something that that's that's quite interesting. What um, what I think will be interesting, and, and Levi touched on it, as as the number of tournaments grows, which it has to, which it has to in New Zealand, then um, I think what we'll see is a challenge on some of the courses that are that make the tour. Um, especially some of the, the, the courses that uh, are perhaps at the lower end of the um, quality spectrum for a competitive event um, and, a, and, a, and a tour event. So I think we'll see some of some changes there. And we'll also see more events like the, 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 the uh, Chartres Bay Charge popping up where, um, uh, where yep. yeah, I mean, you're, you'll be, you're familiar with the, with the layout there. So um, um, yeah, I think we'll see we'll see more and more events like that, and hopefully that can be a, become a mainstay and a weekend event as well. Um, I definitely hope, um, and I, I can recommend. Uh, honestly, if anyone wants to host this tournament, um, if anyone has a course, I don't care if it's the longest course you've ever played. I don't care if it's the shortest course you've ever played. Every horse can host the tournament. Every horse, whether it's one day, whether it's two day, whether it's a national event, um, whether it's on the tour, uh, host an event. Um, you know that. Uh, you talk about, you know, like it one day, I honestly think it's years from now. New Zealand is nowhere close to having the, saturated the market when it comes to events. You know, like we can't be choosy when it comes to what courses we're playing. Like, yes, I do think certain standards need to be met and upheld when it comes mm -hmm. to majors and nationals events. Yep. So North Island champs, South Island champs and nationals should be played on courses that challenge all skill levels whether it be mm -hmm. intermediate recreational or advanced um whether it be open whether it be masters um juniors doesn't matter um but i think that like the charter space charge is great it's a pop-up course i just went down and played shout out to chris Hootman from flexline media who we had on last week and uh dave rose from gecko disc sports mm -hmm. um they've done a wonderful job about designing an 18 hole course um with a you know like kind of poorly used golf course out in the um Akatero peninsula um you know, like host pop-up mm -hmm. events. I know Nelson has a, a three, uh, three tournament tour coming up um, in the next mm -hmm. couple of weeks. So, you know, like don't think yep. that, oh, my course is too short, you know, like, or I don't know what I'm doing. Trust me. I didn't know what I was doing seven years ago when I started in Middle Earth, you know, and now it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it sold out for the first year ever. You know what I mean? You know, like it, it joined the many tournaments this year on tour that have sold out. So, you know, like all tournaments are good. All courses are good. Don't think that, you, yeah, I think one day events are going to kind of be the next thing that kind of leak into New Zealand that are a lot more popular <clears throat> overseas. Yeah, yeah. And the, with, there's one day events coming up this weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about them uh, shortly, actually, um, uh, that, that are a great example of that. Um, OK, what, what else have you got? You got a you got a rule highlight this week for us? Yeah, rules highlight. So, yeah, one of the other things that I like to do is kind of highlight um, little known or kind of, I would argue, more misused um, from what I see in New Zealand these days. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the abandoning a shot. Um, so it used to be at any okay. point in time you could rethrow. Um, now it's what's known as abandoning a throw or abandoning a shot. So say you mm -hmm. have a shot that um, throws out of bounds, um, you know, like or you throw it way into the rough. So Baron Poor um, is a great example. Um, that you can throw it in the rough and that it's going to take some time to get up and down. You can abandon that throw and rethrow from where you're at for a one stroke penalty. Um, you mm -hmm. know, like it's also good for, say, you have a nasty roll away from 
three meters um, at Barampur, um, you know, like our hilly course, like the Taurang Extreme. Take the one-stroke penalty rather than trying to make the up and down through the woods or, you know, like you're going to take a one-stroke penalty for like having it roll out of bounds in some cases. Kevin Jones is a great example that happened to him uh, recently um, out in, at the Portland Open. So the idea of at any point in time, you can abandon a shot, rethrow for a one-stroke penalty. Um, I do see this misplayed quite a bit. Um, so I would like to say, you know, that if you make a shot and it does roll away or it doesn't land in the ideal spot, don't jump to abandon a throw. Um, a lot of the times you can probably still make an up and down, you know, the idea mm -hmm. of it rolls away, you throw it under the basket, <clears> you make the putt, you know, that's still the same amount of strokes as if you abandoned a throw and like made the putt from where you were or re through. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, like, don't, don't be so hasty to abandon a throw, you know, like it still is a one stroke penalty. Um, so, you know, like make sure that it's worth it. Um, and you got to leave, you got to be careful with your mini. One. Is that right? Uh, no. So just like at any point in time. So like if you abandon a throw and say you've picked up your mini, mm. um, your card comes to a consensus as to where your disc was and where your mark oh, was. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So the card is like, yep, I'm here. It's just like out of bounds. So, you know, like that the card comes to a consensus. This is where I was out of bounds. This mm -hmm. is where I marked the throw. Um, so it's I the see. same thing for an abandoned throw. Yep. Okay. So it's the same thing for a lost disc. So if you lose a disc, Kaitoki is probably a great example. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. That if you lose your disc, you go back to where it last was. So, you know, the card agrees you are there in the fairway. Uh, one stroke penalty for the lost disc. Continue playing the hole. Excellent. Okay. Anything else? Um, no, I think that, that leads us pretty well into Kaitoki and, and, and the weekend and the events that are coming up. Yeah, so we've got um, there's there's two events uh, of note this weekend. Um, there's the Kaitoke Waterworks Championships, um, who which are being run um, in 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 conjunction with a, a Woodhouse Disc Golf, um, and Woodhouse Disc Golf are going to be on the show next week. Actually, um, talking to us a little bit Woo! about what they do. Um, so uh, so Scott and maybe Ellen will be on the show uh, next week. They'll be explaining uh, what Woodhouse Disc Golf is about. Um, but that's up at Kaitoki, which uh, if you know Wellington uh, area, or if you don't, then it's a little bit further than Upper Huck, um, up a little bit further than Harcourt Park. It's about uh, five, ten minutes um, further up State Highway 2. Um, and there's a pop-up course there being uh, being set up, 18 holes designed by Chris Woodhouse and um, and Stan Morris. So um, I think there might be still places available. So if you if you uh, have um, a free on Sunday um, this weekend, then then head up head up there and uh, hit them up about about playing that. Um, also this weekend is the Fro Pink event in Christchurch. Um, <clears throat> very much looking forward to this uh, because I'm going to go down and play it. So um, I shall be um, uh, at Jelly Park for most of Saturday, I would have thought, um, practicing on the course. Um, and then on Sunday, I shall be playing um, with uh, Kath Headley. Um, and I know there's a lot of Wellingtonians going down. So, uh, so I look forward to that and also be great, great to catch up with um, lots of the people in Christchurch as well. <clears throat> um more events that are coming up we've got rapture and that's happening on the 14th of august that's a one-day event up in harcourt park and california park we got the discs for them arrived just the other day so i've got lots of uh, rapture discs and most of the ones behind me um are the rapture stamped you'll either get a well you will get a pekka pekka a, uh, a kotuku um, and a ruru 
um, and they look awesome. So, uh, so if you haven't, if you're not involved in that, then give us a shout. There's one or two spaces left, I think. Um, and then uh, we've got Fault Line at the end of August, uh, which is at Harcourt Park, a bit of Harcourt Park and a bit of California Park. So uh, um, look out if you're entered for that. I think that's full now, isn't it? And there must only be one or two spaces left if there are any. Oh, uh, yeah. Feel <clears> free to reach out to Jack, um, Jack Mocha and Liz Mocha. Um, you know, like they are the tournament directors this year. Um, uh, as far as I know, I touched base with them tonight at the at the putting competition. Um, everything is go. Um, so yeah, they're just dotting their eyes and crossing their t's. Yeah, they're ready to go for or for fault line and getting the baskets out to California Park this year. Good stuff, good stuff. And I've heard that it's it's going to be um, there's going to be seventy two holes, so it's two two rounds of eighteen on both days. I think, um, or at least or at yeah. least fault line and then just yeah, is notorious for four rounds of disc golf. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so if you want to get your ass kicked by Arkell Park, then uh, then definitely get involved in there, and we'll look forward to uh, to seeing you up there. And then, of course, North Island Champs. Um, I registered this this week, just gone on the Sunday, just gone. Um, so I shall see you up in Auckland um, at the end of October if you're playing in that one. Um, and finally, um, next week we've got uh, as I mentioned, we've got Woodhouse Disc Golf uh, joining us on the show. Um, Brady will be back, um, and we'll be talking um, about our Charteris Bay charge picks and who we think is going to be uh, doing well um, out, out there. We'll be, uh, we'll be just a week away from, uh, from that event. So, um, so yeah. Um, lovely stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, to everybody who's listening to this on Spotify. Uh, if you've missed any parts of it, you can head over there and, uh, and give us a follow um, to, uh, to keep up uh, to date with all of the episodes. Uh, Brady, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yep. Thanks for having me, Matt. All good and uh, stay safe. I shall see you on Saturday if you're down in Christchurch uh, or on Sunday. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to it. See you then. Take care.